0: Amen. How, how many people want to go back to the time where we had POG, the month of June? Be honest. Lift your hands up. Okay. Half of you, and the other half, you don't want to fast and go through the talk. Good, good that you're honest. But, but how, how many of you really enjoyed POG? How many of you God spoke, you, you felt the presence of God? Amen. Amen. And... Um, after that, as, as Pastor Ayer said in the service this morning, we've, we've had three Sundays where, where Pastor Ayer spoke about the overflow of the Holy Spirit, as I, as I like to term it. And um, I, I, was, I was just thinking about life. Uh, I'm going to share a few personal things with, with the church today. Um, and I was just thinking about what next. I was thinking, how, how many people have that question? Is it just me? Sorry. I'm the only one that has that question. Wow. Okay. About a third of the church. Fine. Uh, the, the title of the message that we're going to have today, uh, by God's grace, is After the Overflow of the New Season. I'm going to crave your indulgence to just rise for 20 seconds and um, just say a prayer as, as, as we start, if that's okay. Father, Lord, we, we thank you for Today, we thank you for this gathering. We thank you for being in your presence. We thank you for being able to worship you, to praise you freely, Father Lord God. We don't take it for granted. And Father, as, um, as I bring a word to the church this morning, this afternoon even, Father, I pray that the words that I speak would not be mine. The direction that comes will not be mine, but it will be your word, Father Lord God. In your word only and I pray father that each person here will get something that will take them into the new season after the overflow in Jesus name we pray amen, amen. please be seated so we've had pursuit of God we've had uh, I had an amazing time and like I said what what next so we've we've gone through a period where we we ha- I really felt we had a, a, a Of victory through that. It's like God pushed us as a church, as individuals, and as a nation um, through quite a lot in the month of June. I I truly believe that, and I know a lot of a lot of you believe that as well. But but what happens after you have such a significant victory? First Kings chapter 19, reading from verse 3, um, it's quite a long a long piece of scripture so i'm going to skip a few verses uh, but if you could read a, read along with me where you can first kings chapter 19 reading from verse 3. the context i'll set the context first so in chapter 18 we had the battle the big battle um in the mount of carmel we had again just like in the, in pog for us there was absolute victory there was um, a, a period where we had the, the Israelites had total victory. Then Elijah heard the sound of the abundance of rain. Sound familiar? We, he heard the sound of the abundance of rain. And then he prayed it through, and the rain came. So victory, God's victory for, for the church, for the Israelites, the overflow, abundance of rain, and then we pick up the story there. So First Kings 19, reading from verse 3. Elijah was afraid and fled for his life. He went to Beersheba, a town in Judah, and he left his servant there. This is after Jezebel has threatened his life, after the victory that he, he had that God gave him. He went on alone into the wilderness, traveling all day. He sat down under a solitary broom tree and prayed that he might die. I have had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life, for I am no better than my ancestors who have already died. Then he lay down and slept under the, the broom tree. But as he was sleeping, an angel touched him and told him, get up and eat. He looked around, and there beside his head was some bread baked on hot stones and a jar Of water. So he ate and drank and lay down again. I'm going to jump to the latter part of verse 9. But the Lord said to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? Can you repeat that and replace it with your name? But what are you doing here, Ephetuku? Elijah replied, I have zealously served the Lord God Almighty, but the people of Israel have broken their covenant with you, torn down your altars, and killed every one of your prophets. I am the only one left, and now they are trying to kill me too. Go out and stand before me on the mountain, the Lord told him. And as Elijah stood there, the Lord passed by, and a mighty windstorm hit the mountain. I'm going to jump to verse the latter part of verse 13 and a voice said what are you doing here elijah he replied again i have zealously served the lord god almighty but the people of israel have broken their covenant with you torn down your altars and killed every one of your prophets in modern day times we've prayed it through lord but you know in the united kingdom they're after christians if we if we profess our faith in church we're being homophobic if we Tell people about our trust in you. We're being delusional if we if we tell people about your goodness and your mercy. If we show your love, if we talk about your righteousness and your holiness, sound familiar? Verse 15. Then the Lord told him, "Go back the same way you came and travel to the wilderness of Damascus. When you arrive there, anoint Hazael to be king of Aram." Then anoint Jehu, grandson of Nimshi, to be king of Israel, and anoint Elisha, son of Sarfat, from the town of abel Meholah, to replace you as my prophet." After POG, what happens? So I said I was going to share some personal things, so I'll, 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 I'll start now. So POG was fantastic, like I said, and it's, it's been great. And I'm very wary. I'm I'm very conscious that after you have a, a huge significant victory spiritually, there's always a backlash. And in my case, the backlash wasn't it wasn't um, it wasn't obvious, it wasn't frontal to use that term. It was very subtle, it was very underhand, it was very crafty. And what was the backlash? So First of all, I struggled for time to do anything. I struggled for time to keep praying consistently, to keep reading the Bible. Hands up if I'm speaking to somebody else here. I I struggled for time to just do the basics, as I would call them. But more to the point, throughout the last six months, my life has been really, really busy. In my family, there's a joke that I have four jobs, what I do here in Jesus' house, and uh, my family, and I have a large family uh, that I'm very grateful and committed to God, for, um, thankful to God for, and uh, the, the other things that I do professionally and um, in, in the education space. And I had neglected to do some basic things like uh, open all my letters and address them, because you get busy, right? Yeah, it's, it's a bit irresponsible, but, you know, if you're busy, you know, especially if you're in the pursuit of God month, you're praying, you're here. We had 24-7 prayer, and, you know, life, life is busy, right? You guys aren't hearing me. No? Okay. You guys are not busy. Your life is easy, but, but, but for me, it, it was as if the enemy knew that we were going to get this victory, so he strategized. And, you know his ways don't change. So we had God's presence. We had the overflow of God's presence. Then we actually had an overflow of the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, getting the knowledge that we, we need to, to to keep things going. But whilst we were praying, getting revelations, the enemy has not been dormant. He's strategizing on how to hit back. And for some of us, he's already succeeding. Is that... No, just me. You're all still where you were. You're praying. You're, you're not distracted. The enemy's not hitting you with problems left, right, and center. Some of your own making. Some not. But here's the thing. It's, it's the classic playbook, which is why we really need the Holy Spirit. We really, really need to be obedient to the direction and leading of, of God. Because guess what? Through... Through different times in June and July, the Holy Spirit would prompt me, do this. Prompt me, do that. Last two weeks ago, um, my, my wife got stopped by the police because our car insurance, which we use periodically, it's done for the last six years, didn't. and tried to contact the company back in April or May, and everything seemed fine, and then I just thought, well, they're taking the money from my account anyway, so it it, it will will address whatever issues. But apparently, the insurance has lapsed. So guess what? And this was the day before the Festival of Life. So here I was in central London in a meeting, and then I got a call. I've been stopped by the police. And I thought, why? And insurance? OK, so what do you think I did? Any guesses? You guys are really quiet. So do you think I panicked? Do you think I left what I was doing and attended to my wonderful, beautiful wife? Or do you think I kind of asked the Holy Spirit what's going on? All right, there's no unity in this. Um, All right, what did I do? I I kind of thought, okay, what is going on? I actually did think what's going on, and I, I didn't leave my meeting. I obviously I spoke to my wife and tried to address things, and then called the insurance company. But, but then the Holy Spirit said to me, "This is part of the strategy. Do the things that I've asked you to do, the little things that you know you should do. Address it before it becomes an issue." So, what does the enemy try to do? Just, just, just for time, there are four things that I'm going to highlight that the enemy tried to do to Elijah, Elijah, and that he's going to try and do to us. Because we're not fighting for ourselves. We're fighting for the kingdom of God in the United Kingdom. Amen? Amen? And we're fighting for the kingdom and the will of God in our lives, as God wants it to be, for the role that he will have us play in this nation, in our families, and in our personal lives. Amen? I don't think you guys actually understand that. You, you, have, you all have a significant part to play in this end time. You have a significant part to play in the United Kingdom. We pray for revival every Sunday that we meet, yeah? Who do you think God is going to use as a catalyst for that revival? The person sitting beside you? Actually, yeah, the person sitting beside you, so just tell them that. But also you. And the enemy is going to try and block that, so... He's going to try and isolate you. He's going to try and block channels of communication from the Holy Spirit to you. He's going to try and take you away from the presence of God. And he's going to try to distract you by keeping you busy. So, of this list of four, he didn't succeed with me with one because I'm not isolated. He's not successfully blocked the channels. He's tried to take me away from God's presence, but thank God that's that's not happened and it's never going to happen by God's grace. But he has distracted me and kept me busy. And as a result, I've taken some hits. So why am I sharing this with you? Because after the overflow, there is a new season. But as we get into that new season, the enemy is going to try and hit us, like he did Elijah. I'm going to talk about how we, I'm going to talk about two things, how to keep ourselves just pursuing God in, in his presence, chasing the Holy Spirit. And I'm also going to, using the scripture that I've read, just talk us through how God got Elijah out of the mess that he found. Himself in. Amen. So just I'll give some scriptural references for the four things that I said. tries to isolate you, First 1 Kings 194. Elijah went and, and was on his own. He tries to block the channels, Job 30:13 to 14. He'll try and take you away from the presence of God again, First 1 Kings 194. Elijah just isolated himself, tried to become suicidal. And he will try and distract you by keeping you busy. Exodus chapter 5, verses 6 to 9. Can we put that on, on the screen? I'm just going to read that very quickly. Because I feel for a lot of us, this is one way that the enemy is going to try and, and hit hard. But it's not a new strategy. Exodus chapter 5, verses 6 to 9. The Bible says that same day, Pharaoh sent his, this order to the Egyptian slave drivers and the Egyptian... Israelite foreman, do not supply any more straw for making bricks. Make the people get it themselves. But still require them to make the same number of bricks as before. Don't reduce the quota. They are lazy. That's why they are crying out, let's go and offer sacrifices to our God. Load them down with more work. Make them sweat. That will teach them to listen to lies. Make sure that they have bigger rents to pay. Make sure that the mortgage payments keep them worried. Make sure that they, they spend all their time on their careers. Make sure that they're so busy doing other things that they don't focus on the things God wants them to focus on and they have no time to hear the Holy Spirit and obey. Amen? So we need to be worry, wary of that. Yet, the strategies that we, we, we need to... You know, God is... How many of you believe that God can tell you what to do okay, like three, four, five, six, seven, okay, a few more, okay, 75% of you. Is there anyone that doesn't believe that God can tell you what to do, honestly? Because if, if you believe God can tell you what to do, then all you need to do is ask the Holy Spirit, or better still, hear what He has to say, and then obey. So, very quickly, five things that the Holy Spirit, five, five things that will keep us, in the zone, as I'm going to call it. Um, I've got a friend that talks about staying in the zone. And, and keeping in the zone is all about just making sure that we don't fall victim to the four things that I, I've just read out. First thing is Thanksgiving. It's instructive that today is Thanksgiving Sunday. Psalm 100 verses 4 and 5. Psalm one hundred verses four and five. The Bible says, "Enter his gates with thanksgiving; go into his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name, for the Lord is good; his unfailing love continues forever." If you have a heart of thanksgiving, that's that's why when when I came up and I was I was honestly a bit shocked by your reaction to the testimonies because God is good. I mean, I'm a living testimony that God is good, so no one needs to tell me that. But I need you guys to understand that one of the tools in your toolkit to keep close to the Holy Spirit and to, to, to make sure you can hear, to, to, to make sure that you don't get bogged down in busyness and, and get distracted is to have a heart of thanksgiving and to actually give thanks. You know, there's a song that says, count your blessings, name them one by one. How many people do that on a daily basis? I do. And I've done that for years. And the reason I do that is I'm realizing more that, you know, if God did nothing else for me, I am thankful and I'm grateful. That's honestly how I feel. Amen? Thanksgiving. The second thing, worship. Worship. 2 uh, Chronicles chapter 7, verses 1. 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 1. Worship helps us. When Solomon finished praying, fire flashed down from heaven and burned up the burnt offerings and sacrifices and the glorious presence of the Lord filled the temple. Verse 2, we'll go to verse 3. The priest could not enter the temple of the Lord because the glorious presence of the Lord filled it. Verse 3. When all the people of Israel saw the fire coming down and the glorious presence of the Lord filling the temple, they fell face down on the ground and worshipped and praised the Lord, saying, He is good. His faithful love endures forever. Amen? The second thing you must hold to in this time after the overflow in this new season is worshipping God. Third point, understand you do not see everything. This is why we need the Holy Spirit. 1 First, First Corinthians chapter 13, verse 11 and 12. 1 Corinthians 13, 11 and 12. When I was a child, I spoke and thought and reasoned as a child. But when I grew up, I put away childish things. Now we see things imperfectly as in a cloudy mirror, but then we will see everything with perfect clarity. All that I know now is partial and incomplete, but then I will know everything completely. Just as God knows me completely. Why is this important? Because sometimes the Holy Spirit will lead you to do things where you don't have a full picture. But if you understand that I don't know everything, I don't see everything, but I serve a God who is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the creator of everything. There is nothing that God doesn't know. Do you honestly believe that? Guys, do you really believe that? You really do? Then let's act in our lives like we do. Fourth thing, make time to reflect and plan. Matthew chapter 14 verse 23 Matthew fourteen, twenty three. After sending them home, he came up to the into the hills by himself to pray. Night fell while he was there alone. E- effectively, even Jesus would go away and 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 make time to pray, time to reflect. How many people in this room make time to eat? Can I see your hands, please? Come on, be honest. You don't eat? All right. Okay, how many people make time to go away and reflect or pray with God? Hands up, please. Wow. I thought I would see everybody's hands up. This is so important. You really, we really have to, have to do that. And the fifth thing, we must obey the instructions of the Holy Spirit. Psalm 105 It's 119, verse 105. Can we have that mural up, please? Psalm 119, verse 105. The Bible says, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light for my path. There are two images here. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path picture this you're barefoot yeah you have no shoes on right and you're walking in the woods and the holy spirit is telling you where to go because there are thorns there are things that could injure you what god is saying is that i've given you my holy spirit so that in this new season of the overflow you know where to step you know the general direction but you know where specifically to step you know which job offers not to take you know which schools not to put your children in you know because you're hearing the Holy Spirit and this is the fifth thing when you hear make sure you obey I have a people call her my pension baby Okay, I call her my pension baby Um, I have three children, by God's grace. And um, the third is four years old. What a lot of people, a few people in church know, but what a lot of people didn't know is that we had a miscarriage. So we were going to, we had a 10th anniversary celebration. And then after that, we we spoke about, God actually spoke to us about having a third child and we did. Now, when God speaks to you about having a child, you would think, yeah, there'll, there'll be no complications. But then we lost the child. My wife was traumatized. I was traumatized. But then I went back to God and I asked, OK, what should we do? And thank God for godly counsel and, and for mentors. Doc, Dr. Anuzo is, is like a father to my wife. And he, as soon as it happened, he called her and he said, don't block the child. Don't, some, something to that effect. And on Friday, I was here at soaking with her. and i I just was so grateful to God that I, I can't explain what God is doing in my family but I was so grateful to God that that we we heard and we listened because what that blessing is is doing in our family now what what how there's so much going on that I, time doesn't permit me to share but just the fact that I could you know I could I could just play with her and I was thinking my god I could have so easily we could have my wife and I so easily decided that no no you know god you spoke we tried didn't work carry on move on with life but listen to god because he knows his, he knows the direction and he knows the steps amen so how did god get elijah out of that mess. There were seven things, and I'm just going to list them out and give you the scriptural references that most of which we've already read. First of all, even in the midst of his suicidal thoughts and intentions, God reached out to him. Verses 5 and 6 in 1 Kings 19, 5 and 6. Can we have that on the screen? Then he lay down and slept under the broom tree. But as he was sleeping, an angel touched him and told him, Get up and eat. Isn't it great that we serve a God, that even when we make the wrong decisions, we disobey him, we forget who we are. He reaches out to us. He, he touches us. He wakes us up even when we want to do silly things and we go ahead and do those silly things. You know, in, in, in the Bible, there's that parable. Actually, there are many parables, but one of, one of them, in between one of them, there was a question that Jesus was asked. How many times should I forgive my brother? What was the answer? And, and, and why was that? We serve a God whose mercies are new every morning. How many people are grateful for that? Yeah. I'm, I'm grateful for that because I've made so many mistakes in my life. I, I still make so many mistakes. I do things wrong. And God's grace and mercy is just, just immense. Elijah benefited from that. Even in the midst of those suicidal thoughts and intentions, God reached out to him. Second thing, God prepared him for the next step. Verse 7 and 8, please. Then the angel of the Lord came again and touched him and said, Get up and eat some more. The journey ahead will be too much for you. Verse 8. So he got up and ate and drank, and the food gave him enough strength to travel 40 days and 40 nights. Sometimes the Holy Spirit will lead you to do things that are preparation for what's to come in the years ahead. Amen. How many people have experienced that? Yeah, I, I have. And if you haven't, that's what you can look forward to in this new season of the overflow. God asking you to do things. And because you obey him, you benefit, or the people around you, or your family, or the church, or, or better still, the nation benefits out of your obedience. Amen? Three, he provides rest at critical points. Verse 9. And there came to a cave where he spent the night. He rested. Rest is important. Find time directed by the Holy Spirit to rest, because there will be times where we have to battle and there will be times we have to rest. The Bible says in in the book of Ecclesiastes, there is a time for everything, a season for everything under heaven, amen? Know when it's time to rest. He made him reflect by asking him a simple question. Verse 9, what are you doing here, Elijah? God's asking you, what are you doing in the situation you are in, where you are in in your workplace, with your family? What are you doing? What are you doing? Are you there representing God's way, or are you there doing your own thing? Point five, he showed him his presence is not solely in the spectacular, but in the simple, obedient acts. Verse 10 to 13, Elijah replied, I have zealous, actually go to 11 please. Go out and stand before me on the mountain. And the Lord told him, and as Elijah stood there, the Lord passed by and a mighty windstorm hit the mountain. It was such a terrible blast that the rocks were torn loose, but the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, there was a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, there was the sound of a gentle whisper. Don't look for God in the spectacular. You know, some of the biggest testimonies that God will do in your life, you won't know the significance until much later. He might ask you, that plane you were going to catch, that flight you were going to take, that visit you were going to have to somewhere in the world, cancel it. Just cancel it. And you might not even know what he's saving you from. Sometimes he asks you, you know, you're used to coming to church via the M1. I am used to coming by the M1. I just drive down, it's the quickest way route for me. But then the Holy Spirit whispers to you, don't take the M1. Go via the A41 or the North Circular. Go a different route. But Lord, it's longer. Go a different route. But Lord, it's longer. Go a different route. It's up to us to obey God. Sometimes it's not the spectacular things that make the difference. It's the simple acts of obedience. It was a simple act of obedience by myself and my wife that led in a wonderful child being born because we decided that as painful as that process was, we, we heard God clearly, so we were going to go. Amen? Point six, he gave the next set of instructions that were instrumental in shaping the course of the nation. Verse 15 to 17. This is where he asked for Elijah to anoint, to travel to Damascus. Go to verse 16, please. To anoint the next king, to anoint his replacement, and to anoint the king of a different nation. So he, God, again, can we have that mural back up on the screen? Sorry. God, God was directing things. God is in control, guys. So regardless of what they say about Brexit, no deal, no deal, deal or no deal, regardless of what happens in certain countries where they're persecuting Christians and, and they're, they're doing things that, that are despicable, God is in control. But God needs us. God needs us to do what we need to do in this season. Amen? And the last point, and this is one of the most important things. This is one of the most important things. Can the choir please come back up? He showed him He showed him the legacy did not end with him by bringing the next generation, by bringing Elisha, by asking him to anoint Elisha. Yesterday, um, a couple of connect groups came together and had their one of their summer barbecues. So the youth connect group had theirs with, with a couple of others. And, um, and so I passed by. And it, God reminded me as I drove by of, of something that has happened quite a few things that have happened in my life. In this, I've been in Jesus' house for 21 years now, and I'm very grateful to all the big brothers that I have in this church. I, moved into, I got married and I moved into a house without furniture, and people in this congregation, some of them sitting here, I'm not going to name them because I know they don't want to be embarrassed, effectively furnished my, my house for me. Just thank just a wedding gift. So someone bought me a bed. Someone bought our first TV. Someone bought our dining set. It's, it was it was like that. But more to the point, there have been different times and stages where I've gone through things, and these guys have just been there as a shoulder to cry on or to give advice. So I went for mandate, fantastic. And guys, you have to go. It's 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 one thing, you know, going through the overflow. It's another thing getting equipped for the the work that God has given us. But the fact that I had people that God had brought into my life in this church meant that the pathway, this pathway, and the lamp on my feet, sometimes God would speak through them. And that next generation is effectively where the engine, I believe, to drive revival in the United Kingdom is going to come from. Amen? You guys don't believe that. I can tell. you You don't really get it yet. Because of, I'm standing here today holding this microphone because about seven or eight guys in this church were bothered to look out for me. How many people are you looking out for? Because in the overflow, that is what God is expecting. In the new season because it's the army that God's going to use to drive revival in different areas, different sectors of the economy, different areas of life, education, the government. We have to, we have to start to ask the Holy Spirit what He wants us to do for the people beside us, for the young people we see roaming around this building who we think, what's the term they call them? Millennials or Z-generation? I'm I'm not sure anymore. Generation Z. Okay. Because you see, God gave Elisha, can we go to verse 19, please? God gave Elisha an instruction, and he obeyed, he followed it, the instruction. 1 Kings 19, verse 19. And he just... Set the nation of Israel up for the new season so some people call Elisha the executive prophet he did twice the number of miracles that Elijah did but that was because Elijah obeyed God are you going to obey God today wow you guys are not going to obey God man I'm out of this journey you're going to obey God alright if you are please stand up with me we're going to pray and we're going to worship God as we close. There's a song that came into my head this morning and it talks about the great I am. And if you don't know this great I am, I pray that you meet him today in Jesus' name. The choir is going to lead us in this song, but I want you to, please can we have the words up? Great I am. I want you to sing this song, but hear the words. And believe what God is going to do next in this new season. Amen. Elijah did he's still there for us and he takes us through
1: God our Father the only one that is great the great one of Israel the only one that we call the great I am to you be all glory, to you be all honor, to you be all power to you be all adoration to you be all thanksgiving now and forevermore Forevermore, forevermore, forevermore. Oh God, we praise you. We worship you. Lord, we rejoice in your presence because indeed you are the great I Am. Right here at Jesus' house in London, United Kingdom of Northern Ireland and Great Britain, Lord, we declare you are God and God forevermore. In Jesus' mighty name, we have worship. Amen.